Hello and welcome to this special edition of Finzia Podcasts. I'm David Hardacre. And our topic today, how the lure of profit-based incentives affects the decisions we make. Over 300 Finzia members have been taking part in a unique experiment to see just how far they'll push the envelope when it comes to risk, while knowing they may be caught. And what do their decisions tell us about the value of profit-based incentives? The research has been led by Associate Professor Elizabeth Sheedy, who's a specialist in financial risk management at Macquarie University Applied Finance Centre. So this is experimental research where we invite finance professionals to come into a laboratory environment, a controlled environment, which is designed to replicate the real world um, workplace as much as possible. So uh, the way we approach this particular experiment is we gave uh, the professionals uh, a bunch of transactions to analyse. They had to make investment decisions in each case. Uh, and we also gave them a risk policy or a, a limit, if you will, to constrain their behaviour. And the point of the experiment is that we want to understand more about how finance professionals balance these competing objectives. On the one hand, of course, they have to generate profits. That's what business is for. Uh, but at the same time, complying with risk management policies and limits. Uh, there's, a, there's a fundamental tension there. We want to understand how people manage that tension. But the nice thing about the laboratory environment is that we can control a lot of things uh, that are difficult to control in the real world. And it, it enables us to get some really interesting research findings. Finzia members were given one hour to make decisions on 60 different propositions. Very risky investments were forbidden even if they were highly profitable, and people knew they would be penalised if they were caught failing to comply. So the experiment was set up to clearly track compliance behaviour and how it relates to culture and incentives. I think the most important findings have to do with the way people respond to incentives. Once you introduce uh, variable incentives, first of all, it changes the culture. So it changes people's perception of what is acceptable. So if you will, the incentives are sending a message about what is the real priority of this organisation. People assume once you've got those incentives in place that uh, profit is the real priority and therefore that most people will not be fully compliant. And if people understand that that's the social norm, then they themselves will not comply. So we are social creatures and we tend to behave like everyone else. Okay? So if we perceive that everyone else is dropping the ball, well, we may as well also. So the two effects were that, first of all, the culture became less favourable, okay? compliance was deprioritised, and secondly, we found that compliance rates dropped significantly. But we've demonstrated that very clearly, that incentives are damaging to risk compliance. I guess it's putting some science behind a common sense feeling that if, if you say you're going to give somebody a financial incentive to make more money, then they will take more risk, won't they? 
Yes, well, here it's not... From their point of view, the, the risk that they are taking is that uh, they may get caught. The way we set up the experiment was that there was a 20% chance that non-compliance would get picked up. And if they were caught, then there would be penalties. So, but people were much more willing to take that risk of getting caught out in non-compliance once you introduce the, the profit-based incentives. Can it go some way to solving the issue if the punishment is stronger? either you know, financial or indeed uh, the penalty of being sent to prison even. Are you able to say if punishment will stop that kind of behaviour? In this experiment, we only used one form of punishment and that was a penalty. If you were caught uh, violating the policy, then your payment was reduced. Okay. I definitely think we need to do a lot more research uh, looking at the size of the penalty and different types of penalties. So uh, this is there's a lot more research that we, we want to do on that. Can I just say, though, that based on previous research that is already in the literature in fields like, for example, tax compliance, um, what that research has discovered is, in fact, it's not so much the size of the penalty that matters, it's more the probability of being caught. Are you able to say whether or not the profit-based incentives do what they are set up for to achieve, in other words, to actually improve uh, right. <laughs> yes. investment transactions? Okay, so yes, that was a, another very interesting finding. So the, the whole point of these variable incentives is that they're designed to encourage people to be more motivated, to work harder and therefore generate more profits. What we found in this particular study was that, that it didn't really work out that way. So the difference in productivity, in the total number of uh, profitable investments that people did, actually didn't increase significantly. What it suggests is that certainly the people who came into the lab found the work uh, quite intrinsically motivating, so they didn't really need any extra bonus or incentive to make them work hard. So I think that would be, uh, it would be interesting to see if that, how well that could translate into a real world environment. But, but I think it really begs the question, you know, are we getting sufficient benefit from these variable remuneration structures to offset the clear dangers of reduced compliance. Indeed, your research would suggest perhaps that it's not worth having profit-based incentives. Yes, that's, uh, that would be our conclusion. We have sort of always worked under this assumption that we need incentives to make us work hard. And, I, and perhaps, you know, perhaps that's not as true as we thought. And if you think about uh, what being a professional is, professionals should find their work intrinsically motivating. They should feel that they want to do a good job, uh, even if they have a fixed salary. Let's go also to this question of what somebody, in fact, brings to the job themselves as a person when they arrive. How much of a factor is that? Yeah, so we found that um, personal attitudes also were important for explaining people's behaviour in the lab. And what I'm talking about here particularly is 
uh, individual attitudes to risk management. And we found that uh, those people that had negative attitudes to risk management were much uh, less likely to comply. I think the implication of that is that maybe in the recruitment phase, or perhaps when making um, decisions about promotion, maybe we need to uh, think a little bit more carefully about uh, people's own attitudes and uh, perhaps make recruitment and promotion decisions taking that into account. Elizabeth, would you say there's scope for further research? I see this uh, study as very much um, a proof of concept, if you will. So I wasn't sure how possible it would be to actually construct culture in a laboratory. What we've done is to prove that, yes, you can do it, so that suggests that we can take this a lot further. And I see a lot of potential here for further research. For example, we can look at designing better incentive frameworks. Apart from just incentives, we can look at other ways of improving culture. I think that's a massive question that the industry is really grappling with. And we don't have any good research on that at the moment. And doing this kind of lab research is really powerful and practical because, you know, you can't... If you go around changing people's incentives, structures in the real world, I mean, the implications are massive, OK? So testing something out in the lab first makes a whole lot of sense uh, before you go messing up people's lives in the, in the real world. Elizabeth Sheedy's research is backed by Finzia. So what does Finzia CEO Chris Whitehead make of the key findings? Well, certainly one of the biggest points out of the research was to see that whilst incentive design may change people's behaviours, may make people less compliant, it doesn't necessarily improve business performance. So you really do have to stand back and say, you know, what are the outcomes we're trying to achieve and how do our incentives impact on the ultimate outcome that uh, it's not as... Um, obvious, as you might expect. Well, it flies in the face of the the received wisdom, I guess you'd say, because this has been, you know, ingrained in the industry for a long time, hasn't it, the, the profit-based incentives? Yes, profit-based incentives, you know, certainly, um, you know, have been there, although uh, equally, you know, there has been a balanced scorecard approach in, in many circumstances, so uh, not all incentives are profit-based, and our belief, uh, Finzi would advocate for, really a balanced design towards incentives. Incentives are important, they do change behaviours, I mean, that's why incentive programmes exist, but you just have to be very careful that uh, if they're not in balance, then um, neither will be the performance of the individual or the organisation. We would like to see people really having balanced incentive programmes uh, that reward them for not just short-term performance, but long-term performance that rewards them for adherence to a code of conduct, be it at an industry level and an organisation level, and that leverages their individual accountability. So Elizabeth Sheedy's research comes at a time where there are questions about trust, in financial institutions, particularly the banks, of course. Can you see actions arising from this research which can help restore trust? Yes, I think this research certainly does help with regards to designing better incentive programs um, and uh, uh, better outcomes from the industry, ultimately not just for the industry but for the community, you know, is, is the foundation upon which trust will be rebuilt. So, um, yes, this will help restore trust um, as a component of you know, many other activities or actions that the industry needs to take. And the research did highlight that our culture is a, is a major factor in terms of uh, risk-taking and 
the view that people have of you know, how their leaders in particular um, view compliance and view risk-taking. And um, so culture is a very big part of this. So what would you like to see the leaders of financial institutions do with the research which Finzias commissioned? Well, firstly, this is, uh, you know, one research project. I think there's a lot more to be done. So we would endorse Elizabeth's contention that uh, we should fund further research into this space. I think it highlights that you can, in effect, recreate in a lab environment a financial institution's kind of risk decision-making process and simulate, you know, the impacts of culture and incentives and so on. Thanks for joining us for this special Finzia podcast. If you want to know more about Elizabeth Sheedy's research and download a copy of her report, please visit our website, finzia.com. See you next time.